0: Why would you quit your job and sail the Caribbean on a small 35 foot boat? Is it just to wake up to the breathtaking sunrise and retire to the awesome sunset? Or is it just simply about sharing amazing experiences along your journey?
1: Hello and welcome to Dripcast Three Hundred and Sixty, the podcast of lively banter about travel, tourism, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from a very windy Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm joined as always by the Barbados Flash via the Big Apple, Dave Cumberbatch. We actually have a very exciting show and a very special guest coming all the way from the Caribbean. I will let you. I will let them tell you where they are momentarily. Um, so before we uh, get into the Uh, nuts and bolts of today's show, the few housekeeping notes like we do at the beginning of every podcast. Uh, You can catch our podcast on our website, TripCast360.com. We're also available on every single podcast platform you can imagine, but we prefer you come to us directly, of course. Um, And, you know, we've got uh, uh, some exciting things coming up uh, in the next couple of months as uh, we are anticipating the return of at least some semblance of normalcy in the travel business. So hopefully you'll join us and uh, um, get your friends and uh, stuff to like us. And uh, I'm going to give a special plug before Dave talks about our social media platform. We've been making a concerted effort over the last couple of weeks to really utilize the Instagram platform. So yeah. I, uh, Dave's going to mention that in just a moment, but I want to make a special mention to get uh, p- as many people as possible to follow us. It lends itself well to what we do because, you know, travel is a visual medium and uh, we've uh, started to have some really good success. So please, uh, uh, if you want to follow us on any platform that's social media related, start with Instagram.
0: And like Michael said, follow us. We are on social, social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. Follow us, link, like us, message us, and tag us. And I'll tell you what, uh, subscribe to our newsletter. There's loads of great information there, including travel deals that you might want to consider.
1: Yep, and, and again, as I, as I stated, all of this is going to be uh, really taking off in the next couple of months as we prepare for what I'm going to assume to be a pretty good summer travel season, um, th- definitely domestically. But I think even the Caribbean, I know a lot of Americans are afraid of the Caribbean boogeyman in the summertime because of hurricane, stop it. Take yourself to the Caribbean as well. They're waiting for you anyway. So stop running around hiding because you're afraid of a hurricane. That, that's, rid- that, that's ridiculous to me. It always has been. So let me just get them into the show and we'll just get going. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of you listening to this podcast wouldn't mind trading places with Bo and Brandy in a heartbeat. Or maybe not. It started back in 2015 for them with a little self-reflection that led to a desire to change their lives. A year later, Bo quit his mechanical engineering job and the two of them sold everything they had and drove as. fast fast as they could to Florida. I guess you probably said the land speed record for that trip. And they, uh, with no training on sailboats and no maritime experience, they went out, bought themselves, uh, um, I, I think you guys called it a rescue boat, and uh, put it together. It took them a couple years. And uh, now, six years later, their floating home is their life. And uh, like I said before, I'm not going to give away where they are. I'm going to let them tell the story. So, Bo and Brandy, hey, welcome to TripCast360. Hey, hey thanks, thanks
2: for having for us. Having us. <laughs> Appreciate
1: being here. Nice having you
0: guys. And like Michael said, you know, you sold pretty much everything. And and, and boom, Brandy, you guys actually gave up a good uh, career that you had going. In your words, you purchased this boat and you, and, and you set off on this uh, trek, not having one lick of sailing experience. With no experience whatsoever. How did you prepare for your first journey? Uh hmm.
2: We spent
3: two years building <laughs> <Yeah. a> boat <laughs> That's a
0: good question.
2: We knew how it worked, we yeah. actually never practiced it.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I guess prior to that, I did a bunch of research, just a lot of studying, like listening to podcasts, reading up on sailing in general, and and then um, we did go out with uh, a friend in the boatyard just to get. You know, just just to get the basics, right? So that one yeah, one time <laughs> that helped a little
4: bit.
3: But you know, it's just um we got comfortable being on the boat because we worked on it for so long and we were living aboard as well while we were working on it. So that helped us at least be familiar with the boat, you know, the space and that sort. But as far as the sailing part, it wasn't that difficult, you know. You kind of just get the basics and <laughs> yes.
0: learn as you go, right? It makes
2: it sound really easy.
0: <laughs> but I'll tell you what was difficult. It was extremely difficult, you guys, uh, quizzing family members as to how to pronounce the name of the boat. So so, <laughs> yes. so, so, so I tried it myself. Is it, is it Saoirse? Yeah. Am I close? Yeah. <laughs> tell <awesome>.
1: us. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, I, I,
2: in Gaelic.
1: Yeah, I, I did one better. I actually put a pronouncer in my show notes so I could remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: nice. We say Sersha like inertia.
1: Yeah. There you go. How
0: did you come up with that name? Oh, Ooh, uh, so
2: months of looking. Yeah, we,
3: we went through a ton of names. But one night we were packing all our stuff to move to Florida to move onto to the boat. And uh, I was just had Netflix playing movies, and I like the animation movies. <laughs> and there was one called Song of the Sea.
2: Great movie. Yeah, it was
3: a great movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, it's yeah. won a few awards, but uh, the little girl in there, her name was Sersha. Well, I think they call it, they, they pronounce it Sersha, but we, we just. We blow Amer- and
2: brandy fight
0: Yeah, we, we Americanize it, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, cr- yeah.
1: Cr- creative license. Yes.
0: <laughs> For the audience who don't understand, who perhaps don't understand why we are talking about the name of the boat, uh, could, you, could you spell it and then pronounce it? And then, then everyone will get it.
2: Sure. So, if you can imagine in your head what this looks like on the back of the boat, S- a-O-I-R-S-E, S with a bunch of vowels, <laughs> and it's <R. laughs> <laughs> an uh, an pronounced Saoirse. Wow.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> well, speaking of Sersha, let's back up a little bit because Dave asked you, you know, how you prepare for that first journey, but I'm going to ask you how you bought and prepared that boat because it wasn't something like you went down and bought it and tossed it in the water.
3: <laughs> actually it was already in the water thankfully <laughs> so we knew it floated so you know that that was the biggest thing so but yeah it was actually a, a boat that was donated to a charter school down in Stewart, florida they get hundreds of boats a year and for them it's all just profit so what they do is they just turn around and sell them cheap yeah. this boat it had nothing to she it. She
2: had nothing.
3: Nothing. <laughs> like
2: No engine. Well, the engine was seized, which is actually something we were looking for because we planned on turning her into an electric yeah, boat. Yeah. So, uh, but no stovetop, no oven, no, in hindsight, things that we would be looking for now. But we were so new to the game that we just had no idea to even look for. Like yeah. a Dodger or a Bimini or... Probably just sales. <laughs> yeah, just things
3: that make your life a little bit easier yeah. when you're always on the water, the sun's beating down on you, that sort of thing, just to make it a little more comfortable. Um, so we made a, a very low-ball offer. I think we offered 2,000, and they, they settled for 2,200.: 2, so we, we, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> yes. Yeah,. So we got her really cheap, and uh, we had her towed to a boatyard about an hour north. Um, in Fort Pierce, Florida, and there we spent two years working on her on the hard or in the water. Oh, kind of both
2: different. yeah, so different
1: well, that's an interesting way to get familiar with what, what you're going to be sailing in and yeah. uh, uh, I, I'm assuming that a little bit of your mechanical engineering training came in handy yeah,
3: it helps you know it it, it helps me understand things, and you know you still have to
0: figure it out right right not just uh
3: Intuitive, but it it made it a little bit easier.
2: He's very modest. Would I be able to do some of the stuff that he does just by looking at the things? No. But (laughs) I'm very grateful that he's along for the journey.
1: (laughs) Well, you've learned a lot in this journey too. I've been watching you sewing mass and and steering (laughs) yourself, and you know, (laughs) you you got the language down about heat, all that stuff. I was listening to some of your podcasts on your YouTube channel, so which we're going to promote shortly. But yeah, you've um, learned a lot on this too.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was completely green to all of it. I, I did not listen to the podcast or really research. I do remember having a couple books that we started learning in the very beginning. And I'm very visual. So that's why typically book learning doesn't translate well for me. So mm-hmm. I would have Bo come up and tell me, okay, what is this? And what is that? And, and now looking back, I have notes in a notebook and I'm looking back going, oh, my gosh, those things were so basic. But when you first start out, you have no idea. It just goes to show how green we were to it. Such
1: movies. Right. Wow. So so your boat was, what, 1971 when it was originally built before you guys mm-hmm. redid it? And it's, what, 35 feet? Yep. You wow. got it. Yeah. Wow. So n- now that you're in your floating palace and you've redone everything.
4: <laughs> <laughs> We've well, we <haven't> redone everything. <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: Yeah, I, I actually want to back up for a minute because, you know, you both have great careers, had great careers. You know, you got your fitness company, your photograph company, your mechanical engineer. What made you just decide the hell with this? We're going to go get a boat and start sailing. And whose idea and was it? Who, yeah, <laughs> and Whose idea was it? I think I know, but I want to hear this.
3: <laughs> actually,
2: actually,
3: it's a funny story. Yeah. Um we were tra- Well, Brandy was traveling a lot because she was uh, in corporate as well. She was doing district managing for a frozen yogurt shop, so she was basically all over the upper state of New York, um, gone hours, you know, d- weeks, yeah. 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 But uh, in that time, I had a lot of free time, so I would watch YouTube, and I would I somehow got on to sailing channels. So I think while I wasn't around she would watch those same youtube videos because they were recommended because i was watching them so we both kind of had the bug right because i think you were you were just fed up with traveling and stuff and she's like let's do something different and she she actually brought up the fact of buying a sailboat and moving on to it so (laughs) My, my interest probably peaked it, but it kind of set the bug in her, her ear.
1: Okay, I was wrong.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was dead wrong on that one. I thought that was going to be something both said, you know, enough of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, typically it is the guy, yeah. Where was your first trip, your first sailing trip? Was it the, the Bahamas? And, uh, and, and what, what was that experience like?
2: Oh. <sighs>
1: it's a huge learning curve Oh,
2: huge! you know it started out go ahead
1: no go ahead I was gonna say you're still sweating but go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well it
2: started out you know amazing we had the most gorgeous sunrise we left and it was great seas and we had dolphins on our bow it was amazing and you know in my head I'm like yes this is exactly what I expected you know this is it this is gonna be amazing And then we got to the Bahamas. We took a kind of a long, wrong way there.
3: (laughs) We took the scenic route. We took the scenic route. To get the dolphins in the sunset. (laughs) And then we had
2: a a gorgeous sunset. And then we got to West End, which is, you know, most of the places where, one of the places that most people will check into. And then we just got pounded by a storm. We couldn't get into it the anchorage. We had to throw anchor right off the shore. Our anchor got stuck. Our anchor got bent. Bo got hit in the eye with a boom. I mean, you know, the next day we wake up and he's got a black eye. It
3: it was a rude awakening. It's like, Hey, yeah, there's pretty nice times, but there's also, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what you're doing. (laughs)
1: You know, you know, I'm going to share a story with you. About seven or eight years ago, uh, the, the Bahamian government brought me down there on what we call in the travel industry a FAM trip, which stands for familiarization trip. And we took a boat, a 300-passenger boat that also doubled as a cruise ship from um, Miami to Bimini. We, it was, Florida had a cold snap that year. It was 31 degrees when I landed in Miami. 31 wow and so we get on the boat it leaves at four o'clock in the afternoon it was an overnight so you know bimini's only 50 miles off the off the florida coast we get to uh bimini at about just at sunrise uh come to find out since none of us had cabins we were actually sitting in the dining room sleeping on chairs uh the boat couldn't dock Oh. Because the water is so shallow there and the wind just kept shoving it back out to sea or into the sandbars and they had a breakwater built there. In, in other words, long story short, we tried for nine hours to dock that boat there. We never did. We had to turn go back to Miami and we wound up oh, flying my. in on a seaplane. It took us all of 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> 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 man. Um, yeah. So I I guess you learned what they learned, but they had a lot more experience at the time that you did. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, things can change in an instant. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Michael Michael referenced earlier that um, you were in Haiti at some point. Um, I saw one of your YouTube videos. That was, uh, I would imagine that was a little bit nerve-wracking for you, where... um, Two, I think you said two or three people approached the boat because they, they had lost their GPS, then a storm rolled in. <laughs> then 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 you had sail problems, then you had steering problems, then you had water pump problems. <laughs> talk about that. That's just talk
3: about that experience.
4: Oh man. Yeah,
3: that was actually going through the windward passage. So that's the passage between Cuba and Haiti. Haiti. Um, and it can get Pretty dicey, or it can be super calm. So we kind of had both. <laughs> 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 um, the night that uh, the night prior to us getting approached by people um, who lost their GPS, we had hit a storm and it ripped our mainsail. So basically, we were down one sail. Um, so that following night, the night that we got approached, we actually kept our mast light on it's our anchor light but we kept it on so we could actually see our wind index and it tells us where the wind direction is coming from yeah uh in hindsight we shouldn't have done that because we just acted like a big old beacon (laughs) so (laughs) find me (laughs) yeah exactly people could see us from miles away you know but um these fishermen Probably saw our beacon and, and they were like, hey, you know, we're lost or whatever the story was. Uh, they came up to us and they were very cautious when they did it. So for me, they actually made me feel a little comfortable in a sense that because they approached so cautiously that it, was, it didn't seem like a dangerous situation. Right. But Brandy was down below.
2: So there's another, another side to that story for me.
3: Okay. It's kind of
2: like when it's, you know, you can't see or it's dark or you're, you know, you just don't know what's happening. So I had just gone to sleep and had just fallen asleep. And Bo wakes me up and says, there's a boat approaching us. And we're, it, of course, it's at night. Everything happens at night. We're 50 nautical miles offshore. Nothing should be approaching us unless it's a ship at that point, much less something this small. I could hear them coming and I could see a flashlight kind of shining into the the cockpit. And he's just like, hand me the machete.
3: So even though I felt comfortable, I just wanted to be prepared. Because, you know, (laughs) you never know. If they they try to board the boat, then I I have to do something, you know.
2: You know, I think it's one of those things out here that it's one of the things that you think about for us, for myself the most is being approached and being vulnerable because with the sea and the ocean and the wind and the weather, it's, it can kind of be in our control. You know, we can control what we do to that situation, but if somebody's approaching us, it's a completely different situation. We also didn't have radio contact with anybody that we could have reached like the U S coast guard or any, anything like that. So, you know, they, They were speaking to him. I never came up. I never saw them. So it made it even worse for me. I, I stayed below. As far as I know, it was just Bo on the boat and, uh, they, they drifted off after, you know, pointing.
3: Well, they, they left once I gave them direction and then they came back because they weren't clear on the directions and then they were asking for fuel and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, they were just seeing if they could get additional help.
2: Which unfortunately, mm-hmm. if he's we didn't have an autopilot at that point, so he had a hand steer.
3: Mm, there there wasn't much I could do yeah. other than just point the direction yeah. of where they wanted to go. So, <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Wow. yeah, it was well, pretty scary. <laughs> uh, let lest our viewer, our listeners think that this is all always harrowing experiences. Uh let's uh, I want everybody listening to go to Bowen Brandy on uh YouTube. They have a great, great channel. There are, what, at least two dozen uh, videos of all the places you've gone and sailed, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And trust me when I say this, there is more good than Haiti in that experience. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, funny enough, you know, we were actually on our way to Haiti when we got approached and all that happened. And when we pulled into Ilavash, which is a tiny little island just south, southeast, west of the island most gorgeous people there it was just the most nice welcoming place gorgeous sunsets just beautiful people wanting to help i mean we had a boat full of kids who never didn't speak a, a lick of our language but just wanted to watch jackie chan movie
4: oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: really what an experience you know you kind of have to take yeah. we knew what we were getting to out here you know you can take the good with the bad or you turn around and go home
0: yeah what planning goes into um one of these trips and what i what what i mean by that is it is is there any planning or you pretty much just say you know let's let's go to the next closest beautiful destination yeah it's pretty
3: much that for me it is because i don't plan it
2: there's a lot to do with wind and weather and mostly we have to wait for wind because we are an all-electric boat, we don't motor anywhere. Um, a lot of boats, if you know, they get becalmed by the weather or wind, um, they'll motor to their next destination. Whereas for us, we have to wait for a certain type of wind. And depending on the wind direction, how far away we are.
3: It, it can take us about three times longer to get somewhere than somebody else. Because... Instead of motoring directly into the wind, we, ha- we have to what's called tack. Zigzag. So, so zigzag <laughs> to, yeah. to our destination, which can take a while. So we, we try to avoid that. But, you know, there's some areas that, like Barbados and ah, yes. we would have to tack to get there.
2: It would take forever. Yeah.
0: And what, what permission do you need? Do you have to radio ahead of time to get permission to enter into? Um, to to those waters in the past
3: back when we first started this not necessarily um you can you can file like a float plan uh Mm -hmm. basically gives you know the the destination or the port where you're going an idea that you're going to be there and then you let your family and friends know that you're leaving
2: those are typically longer trips really
3: yeah longer trips so uh on a longer trip we would do that um But short trips, not necessarily. You don't, we didn't even have to notify anybody. But because of COVID days now, now we have to get pre-approval and we have to go get a test. The, certain places. Certain places, you yeah. You have to
2: quarantine, but now it's 100%. You want to let your island know that it's coming into the waters.
3: Right, because you want to make sure that you're actually allowed to come in and anchor. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I I got the impression from looking. I think you guys were in Saint Vincent, the Grenadines, or something, and you passed by. I, I get the impression that you've made a lot of friends on this journey, who you may see over and over again at different ports. Yes. Oh, that's yeah, so cool.
2: <laughs> it. I mean, it really is the the icing on the top. I mean, it the friendships that we have made they're instant because we all have such a we all have something in common, you know, there's something to talk about. We don't have to just talk about the weather. It's, you know, did you have to wash your laundry in a bucket yesterday or, you know,
4: <laughs> sort of things like what ripped, what broke,
2: you know, the, we are, our, our hardships actually bring us together, but then we get to have so much fun, but yeah, we, we'll hop to an Island and see somebody and then never see them again until, you know, a year later, we've literally run in people years, year later in a different Island. It's just,
3: yeah, that's the so thing. So fun. we, we, Befriend people so quick because uh, we don't know how long we're actually going to be able to spend with them, how, mu- how much time we're going to be able to spend with them. Because everybody's constantly
1: moving. Yeah. Is, is there a pattern to the movement that you've noticed, or just people just, ah, we're going here?
3: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just uh, depends on like the cruising area and hurricane season, like how hurricanes impact. Um, what the wind conditions are going to be in that certain area at that certain time. So that kind of makes a pattern.
2: There's only a certain amount of hurricane holes and here in the Caribbean, that's pretty much your whole year is based around where you're going to spend hurricane season. So, you know, most of the people who are traveling in say January, they're all trying to move South to get to Grenada possibly or St. Vincent and the Grenadines or even further South. And then once November happens, once
3: (coughs) September,
2: yeah, no, November. November yeah. People start people moving, start
0: moving back up north or oh, they okay. move west. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Share your experience that you had in St. Martin. Um, I thought it was extremely interesting that Bo did some supermarket shopping and um, yeah, he actually went to take the cart back. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, because I'll, t- I'll tell you, Bo, when I saw you two guys pushing this cart down the street, this shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> You put it. You put it on this little dingy. Is that how you pronounce it? You know, the little yeah. boat that you take to shore. You put it on that. You you took it over to the boat. You unpacked the groceries, and then you went back to take that shopping cart back. I mean, I was really, I, I was, I was really impressed. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I don't know. It's just
3: we see it in places where cruisers can tend to gain a reputation for being disrespectful and they, they mistreat things because they're only going to be there for like a week or two and then they're gone. Right. Well, that's just not morally. That's just not how we operate. So like I didn't, I feel bad about leaving a shopping cart. You know, it costs money for the grocery store to provide that shopping cart. And then it's just an eyesore, you know, what's going to happen to that shopping cart? It's going to maybe end up on the beach or get trashed or, nice. you know, rusted out, you know. So it's just more of a respect for, the, for that area, for that country,
0: you know, for the people who shop there, that sort of thing. So yeah. we, yeah. And the reason I brought it up, because I wanted our listeners to know it speaks to your character. And I, want, I, want, I, I wanted the listeners to, to, to hear
1: that story speaking Thanks. of character we're talking about food now who cooks well, mostly me
2: most of the time yeah mostly. but i do yeah yeah.
0: yeah you do hey, well. yeah. Yeah. hey bull i'll tell you speaking about cooking and eating <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i uh i was laughing when you were was it breakfast or eggs or something like that oh. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you were just licking the plate and having fun doing it.
2: <laughs> you guys, right? right, right? And that was not for the camera. And, he and, does it all the time.
0: <laughs> and and Brandy was going crazy.
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because every meal he does it, and I should be almost thankful for it because it cleans the dish and it's easier to wash.
1: And he, and he leaves nothing.
2: <laughs> he does it. He literally, and it's so.
0: He does a good job I, at that.
2: <laughs> I'm just glad he doesn't do it in restaurants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there have been times. There have been
2: times. Sorry.
1: Hey, t- <laughs> t- t- Wait a minute. You guys have a special coffee. What? I-, I was trying to follow along, and I meant to go back and rewatch your special coffee. What the hell is that coffee? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So, have you ever heard of like bulletproof coffee? Well, no. yeah, from no. you. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we try to follow a ketogenic diet. So it's like high fats, medium protein, low carb. So one of the challenges is getting a lot of fat in. Like you want about 75 to 80% of your diet to be fat. So, healthy fats. <laughs> yeah. Healthy, well, yeah. Yeah. So what we do to help supplement that is we... We put butter in our coffee and oil. coconut oil and coconut milk. So it's, it's actually, you got to try
1: it. It's so good. I got to blend it up. Yeah, for those of you listening, I'm going to post in our, our show write-up the specific episode where I saw Bo tell what he puts in that coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good.
2: It's literally the thing I dream about at night waking up and having that cup of coffee. It's so good.
1: Oh, I guess that takes care of my little dull uh, I got this coffee. <laughs> We're a Jamaican coffee. This is Blue Mountain. Ooh, oh, nice. Now yeah. if you just mix
2: the other stuff in it, it would be even pre- It yeah. just tastes like dessert to me. I don't yeah. know. It's
1: just so yummy. Know, oh, okay. Infilling. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Some <laughs> people are
2: like, absolutely not. Am I going to do
1: that? <laughs> well, the butter, <laughs> butter would be an issue for me because I have a cholesterol problem. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, All, all okay. the bike riding I do doesn't seem to lower it.
4: Mm,
0: A quick got you question. Who's the most organized?
4: Me. (laughs) Definitely.
3: (laughs) Who's the best cook? Best cook? Mm, I think you are. You
2: think?
3: Yeah. I think it's 50-50
2: maybe. You know how food always tastes better when someone
0: else makes it? You know you're
2: right. He's a great
1: great cook. That's why I don't cook because it always tastes better when someone else makes it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So um, give us a quick, you don't have to be all encompassing with this, but tell us some of the places. I know we've talked about you've been to the Bahamas. You've been to, you're in Statius now. You've been to um, Haiti. Uh, Give us a a little roadmap, if you will, of some of the places in the Caribbean you've been. All
2: right. So we started on the Bahamas. We did all three major islands in the Bahamas, which was Abaco's, Eleuthera, uh, Exuma's. Gorgeous, Exuma is gorgeous. gorgeous. It's so beautiful there. Mm -hmm. I mean, the waters are just
0: crystal clear. Crystal
2: clear. Uh, We (coughs) went to Haiti, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico for a very small stop, and then we went to Grenada. We went straight there. That's when we got the crack. Um, We went to Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. The Grenadines is gorgeous. Um, Martinique. We skipped dominica and guadalupe unfortunately and now they guadalupe is closed so we can't get in there and there's a lot of restrictions in dominica um saint bart's antigua and barbuda barbuda is one of our favorite places uh stacia that we're at now which has topped the list
3: this by far is our favorite island oh my gosh really yeah.
2: you know stacia, it's just,
3: yeah
2: I, that's why we've been here for over a month now typically we don't stay on an island unless it's a hurricane Hole.
3: yeah we stayed in Martinique for a little while because it's so big but of
2: anchorages to go to. yeah
3: here there's only one anchorage but we love it here just yeah. because really it's the people it's yeah. the vibe like the people here are the friendliest and just so welcoming and helpful
2: and it's so funny because we never we didn't even know what station where Stacia was I knew of Seba but we didn't uh-huh. know of stationa and it's just this tiny little island is just so full of, like, a lot of things to do, but just the love here. People are waving to you and saying hi to you. We've made so many friends here. I'm literally going to, I know for a fact I will be crying my eyeballs out when we leave. Yeah.
0: And Charles, Charles would make sure that you have a good, if, if you have no connections, Charles Lindo, you go to St. Eustatius, pronounced uh, abbreviated station. Yeah. Answer for Charles Lindo. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's great. He's
2: great. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. And then yeah. we've done Saint Martin and USBIs. Yep. I cool. think that's pretty much. I might be missing one.
0: Have you done the British Virgin Islands?
2: No, mm-hmm. they've been locked down since we even got okay. near them.
1: Uh, okay, I, I will not tell my girlfriend. Her family owns property in BVI. I forgot which island, but yeah, and she's oh, upset yeah. that she can't go. Um, so sad. Now, your, your longest trip, if I'm not mistaken, was Puerto Rico to Grenada. Mm-hmm. How, right. how long was that trip? Uh, and we'll get into the problem you had with it in a minute. But how long <laughs> is that trip normally?
2: Well, it was planned to be, what, five, six days? Uh, yeah, about
3: five or six days. And if I want to say it was over 400 miles. Right?
2: Yeah, it was just under miles. 400. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that's if you can get good wind and get a straight shot at it. We, and we gave
2: our float plan to our family, so everybody knew it was going to take us five,
3: six days, six-ish yeah. days. Yeah, but it. Should uh, I jump right into it? <laughs> oh, you, you may as well. I, I don't. You, I, I, I mean, uh,
1: uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the the cracked hull a minute ago, and we did that pre-interview, so now it's time to tell them what happened. <laughs> okay, yeah.
3: So it ended up taking us nine days, and. 600 miles I think
2: something crazy um
3: but we basically had like I talked about earlier we had to tack our way from Puerto Rico to about just south of St. Croix and then we started heading south well was more of like a southeast but we were beaten into the wind and if you guys don't know what that means that's basically we're trying to point as close to the wind as possible so it's not nice conditions. It's like the waves are right on your bow. You're like your your boat's bow's coming out of the water and crashing down, um, and it's you're just getting
2: spray. You're you're stopping wet the whole time. It's yeah. it's rough, but it actually wasn't a bad sail the first couple of days.
1: I mean, yeah. it was great. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and, 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 until disaster struck.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think we were what a day
3: two days out
2: we were yeah we were pretty close two. well we were we were just yeah west we, were, of Guadalupe.
3: we were a day yeah. out and it was nighttime and brandy it was my watch so brandy had just laid down to go to sleep and she heard a ton of water like rushing below her more than what we would hear like just normal right so then she she cautions me. She's like, hey, I hear a lot of water. And me being, you know, I'm like, oh, no, don't worry about <laughs> it. It's, it's nothing. It's just right? the
2: waves coming into yeah. the chain. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: you know, into the, yeah.
3: But then yeah. she's like, no, there's a lot of water. And the, she could see the bills just filling. Right? And we got a little tiny bilge pump. It was kind of keeping up. So then she just rips up the whole boat. And she fa- finds that water's coming from the bow. And that's when we were like, okay, let's slow down. Let's try to see if we could mitigate it a little bit, slow it down.
2: But we didn't really do anything. Like we were just kind of using caution, but it was really hard to use caution because we are literally pounding into waves. And it, mm. it was just, you could see it flexing. The hole was just flexing. The fiberglass wow. was just flexing and water was just kind of spewing in.
3: Yeah. It was almost, it was breathing. Yeah. Like it, it it was almost Evil, you know, it it was bad. So, but we—it wasn't that bad. We were able to keep up with it. We had a manual pump as well outside by the
0: by the helm, the steering wheel. I saw you flexing your muscles on that with that manual pump.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we hit that manual pump. So it's just—I'm trying to think of a—it's like a lever, and so you're just we're hand steering and we're doing this lever for eight hours straight.
3: Yeah. Wow. And mind you, it, it's not designed to handle that much stress. So we basically wore it out. We, there's a diaphragm on it and we, we punctured it because so, we were doing
2: it so much. <laughs> but prior to this, I was like, we can't keep this up. <laughs> you know, probably six hours in. he's like, what did you say? I don't remember. Yes, we can or something. And I was like, not if it you know after it broke i'm like well not after it breaks we can <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it was, was a workout yeah oh. but
3: we eventually got to the point where that we couldn't keep up with the water coming in so we completely we dropped the sails we called a mayday well
2: prior to that you know when you're under when you're under distress you call up pan pan and we, no one answered the pan pan which is just kind of a you know we're taking on water if there's anybody out there just keep listening you know that sort of thing um And no one answered. So about eight hours later is when we called the mayday. Yep. Because the water was pretty much reaching our ankles at that point.
3: So that's when we called the mayday. And thankfully, there was a fisherman five miles away. And he he said, hey, I got lines in the water. I'll be over when I can, like half an hour to an hour. And we didn't know what that meant. Were we going to abandon the boat? Did he have something to help us out?
2: a pump like underwater epoxy never crossed my mind
3: so we were i was still trying to figure out how to plug this crack um but
2: both in the water you guys in the water bouncing around in the ocean trying to plug it from the outside with whatever he could i'm inside just shoving every important thing out into the the cockpit thinking i don't know are we gonna have to leave the boat is this guy gonna pick us up and leave but yeah it was yeah quite the
3: but thankfully, he showed up with uh, underwater epoxy. So that allowed us to like patch it and it cured underwater. So that, wow, you know, yeah, then we were able to bail out the water that was there and
1: slowly make it back, make it to Grenada. Yeah. Uh, and then have to do a little repair once you got there on a more permanent basis. Yeah. I'm certain you're
0: going to purchase some Flex Seal.
1: <laughs> yeah. well you, you
2: better believe we have a gallon of underwater epoxy for sure so yeah i just bought, is... i
1: just bought stock in that company so keep doing yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> when, when when you have things like that i mean boating you know it happens it, it's life you know you get out there and you got to do what you got to do to you know keep yourself going how hard is it when you pull into some of these ports to uh 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 you know, get the help you need, whether it's fixing the hull of your boat or, I mean, you've gone shopping and, and, and been kind to the environment. How hard is it the, to get some help from people? It varies. It
2: depends on what island you're in. There's a lot yeah. of islands that just don't even have, you know, are you speaking like um, like shops or like? No, specifically like, trade?
1: yeah, like, like boat repair stuff that you guys may yeah. need to do. Because obviously when you're, you know, sailing for what, five straight years now, stuff happens. It's like a car. It breaks down. You got to fix it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean there's certain islands that have places where you can get the boat taken out of the water. Like in Stasia, we there's no we couldn't here. Um, it's just not physically able. I mean, I'm sure they could buy something and, and pull us out, but uh <laughs> they are great like that. But yeah, i it, it kind of depends on what islands you're at. You know, we were in Canawan, which is in the Grenadines or St. Vincent in the Grenadines, and you know, we had to have something shipped in because it just they don't have the shops there for that.
3: Right. Yeah, it depends on. The economy and it, like in the Bahamas, there, there are a ton of islands that nobody even lives on. So you, you hopefully are around other cruisers who have spare parts, but then there's other places like Grenada. It's heavily, heavily cruised, so there's a lot of cruising boats. So they have big channelies or um,
1: big stores that will, you know, they have everything you need. Got it, got it. It, on a more positive note, <laughs> what is life like on a normal day when you're sailing? The boat's working fine. You don't have any issues. What, what, kind of describe it because you know you guys do. Like you posting, you're, you're working on editing your YouTube videos, and you're you know you're drinking your crazy coffee. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what give us a, a, a kind of a feel for what normal life is like when you're not having to deal with a problem?
2: Um, you know, it's. It- Yeah, we get up. We have our coffee. Um, We may go take a dive, um, snorkeling, free diving. Depends on what island we're in. Um, Maybe go for a hike. Uh, We definitely do a lot of time spending editing, for sure. Um, Yeah,
3: it's daily life. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's out on the water. It just takes
2: three or four times longer to do something. So, say like laundry. You know, it's going to take me three times longer to do something. Washing dishes takes three times longer. It's just you kind of have to, yeah. I mean, it takes. We literally have to leave the dock here and walk twenty minutes ish up a Mm -hmm. hill in order to get to the grocery store. So you know, it's just a workout. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just.
3: Yeah, it's just very inconvenient in that sense. But like, that's the trade-off is we get to visit these amazing places and. Just being out on the water in general is just,
1: it's so relaxing.
2: And how many people have we met walking to the grocery store? If we uh, had a car, we wouldn't. You
1: know. <laughs> Probably yeah. a ton. I, I heard yeah. you mentioned family earlier. Are you able to stay in touch with family uh, when you, you, um, you know, get in ports and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. I, WhatsApp, actually. Facebook, um, Instagram. They, most of them watch our YouTube. Most <laughs> of them. Probably and not do all. You,
1: do you need me to go pay a visit to someone not watching?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good-sized guy. Myself, a six-month-four, so I'll talk to them.
2: <laughs> I see. That's funny because when you, know, you talk to them and they don't know where you're at, and you're like, so I guess you haven't watched Charlie.
4: Yeah. yeah, episode,
2: yeah. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the people out there who are saying, you know, we make the videos for our family and friends at home. I'm like, no. <laughs> most of them may not be even watching. So well, it's surprising so on who does watch you know?
0: Well, permit me to get personal for a while, if 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 you don't mind. What is it like? And I'm not talking about when you when you're off when you come shore. I'm talking about when you are on this 35 foot boat. You're in the middle of the ocean. It'll take you four to five days to get to your next destination. What is it like spending twenty four seven with each other? And <laughs> <laughs> Michael's, Mike, Michael's you laughing. You want to go
2: there? I see. I,
0: yes, yes yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I um, so I want to go there. Like... I, I no, no I want to <laughs> go there in a in in a positive way. Because um, for me, it will be like spending honeymoon every day that I'm out there. I'll yeah. be on my honeymoon. Okay, okay. Um, okay. what is what is the one thing that that experience has taught you about each other
2: oh yeah that's a good question i would have to say that it's definitely created an even stronger bond with us and especially with communication for sure because if you're out here and you don't know how to communicate
4: it's a life or death
2: situation here you guys (laughs) you know it's if you can't communicate when you're out there and it's it's having a you know you're having a
3: rough go at it, you can't be angry at each other. You just have to You get over things <laughs> real fast. Yeah. But it is, It. I got to say, it, it has been the most challenging thing that we've put our relationship through. Because yeah. prior to this, you know, we've owned businesses together. We've worked really close to each other. And we were like, oh, we're good. Like, <laughs> we, we get along really well. But being out here in these stressful situations, like, um, there have been times where we're like, all right. Should we should we still Keep do doing this? Yeah.
2: yeah, it's it's been a very big learning experience and a very big growth experience for sure. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, it it's one of those things where I'm really grateful that we're out here and, you know, we always dream, Man, I just wish we could spend 24, seven with each other. We definitely got it.
3: (laughs) Um, Maybe a little much,
2: you know, it's like living in your closet at home. Just put a toilet and a, you know, a sink in there and you're good to
0: go. (laughs) Just
2: imagine living in your closet with your,
0: other <laughs> yeah. Any words of wisdom for my co host who might be envious of that, you know, and might be thinking about um, doing the same thing?
1: Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm crazy enough to do it. So that's why he's asking. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I
2: mean, you've you got to have a little bit of crazy to do this.
3: I was going to say there, there's no uh, big reward if you don't take a little risk, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. That's how you That's how you roll, or in your case. Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, you're going to need
2: a boat that has uh, a lot of headroom.
3: Yes. Yeah, being 6'4", you
0: said? That's, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> you, you might need a custom boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one of my really good friends used to live in the marina in L.A. on his boat. And I was on his boat three or four times a week. And I have a size 15 foot on top of all of that. Wow! And every time I stepped on the boat, I would have to step sideways to get my foot on to get me in. They used to drive me crazy. He laughed a few times and I actually, almost, I bit the dust twice and I had oh. a nice, I had a nice sea lion come up and nudge me.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, yeah the, 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 there are sea lions in the harbor at Marina del Rey and he, he just nudged my leg and, uh, and then and then he looked up at me and says, you idiot, what are you doing in this water? This is for me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my home. it's my home. In in the few moments we have left, what's next for you guys? What 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 are you gonna? First of all, are you gonna keep doing this? How long are you gonna keep doing it? Yeah, we're
3: gonna keep going until we don't want to do it anymore. Uh, You know, no end
4: end game. game. game.
3: Yeah, Yeah, no end game. But ultimately, we want to get to the South Pacific, uh, like
4: Fiji Fiji in
3: particular, because we honeymoon there.
1: And yeah,
2: we
1: loved Fiji, yeah. so. Yeah. and New Zealand is amazing, yeah. Oh yeah, I've been to Fiji. I spent uh, uh, another one of those quote unquote fam trips. And uh, they, 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 when I got off the plane, because it was a 12 and a half hour flight from LA to land at the airport, and then they put me on a seaplane to this little island called Vomo Island. Mm. It, it was a honeymooners island and I'm single. Oh no! <laughs> And the girls at the resort felt so sorry for me. So they set a bottle of champagne outside my door every morning before breakfast. (laughs) And I had so much champagne. I was walking around the island sharing it with all the, there was only 28, I I think they call them berets, cottages on the island. So I just basically started handing out champagne to everybody.
2: (laughs) I almost wonder if it's the one that we went to, because that's kind of the situation we were in, a a beret on a, we actually took a boat there, but
1: yeah, yeah, it's great. It was great. I love Fiji. So I guess that, that means a transit through the canal?
2: At some point.
1: So there, there have been talks of maybe...
2: Surf it too.
1: Yeah, selling this
3: boat and buying a different boat. Okay. Uh, so this okay. was like our learner boat, you know, yeah. the fixer-upper, let's get an understanding if we even like it, you know. So we didn't invest that much time. Well, we didn't invest <laughs> that much money into her. So um,
0: now we're, we're thinking about upgrading. Okay. Basically. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Now you are on St. Eustatius and you've been there for a while. Um, everything that I've read, um, it was a last minute decision for you. Now you're hailing St. Eustatius as, as a hidden gem. Share what your life is like there. Uh, can you share that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so we were in Antigua, and uh, it was low risk at that moment. Um, there's only a certain amount of islands here that you don't have to take a test or, you know, or have quarantine to get in. Um, so we actually were looking at SABA and SEBA government didn't get back to me on a question. And I had been talking to a boat neighbor, and they said, what about St. Eustatius? And I'm like, what? Where? Who? <laughs> 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 and so I remember seeing something on the, the map next to Seba, but we got here and, you know, it's kind of one of those things. When you drop anchor, you don't know how the island's going to accept you, especially during this time and age of COVID. Um, by the time we got to the dock, we had two people greeting us. It just felt, you just stepped on land and just felt the energy of positivity and happiness and
3: very welcoming.
2: It's just been.
3: But our typical day is we do a lot of exploring. There's So much to do here, hiking, uh, diving. We got certified. <laughs> so we're, we're now able to go scuba diving. Before, we were just free diving. Um, so that's been a huge adventure and opens up so a lot of doors. Much yeah. So much history.
2: So much history. But I, I really feel it just comes back to the people. We would not have been here this long if it wasn't for me. I mean, we just have met so many amazing people it's just we've become friends we're having dinner with people they're coming over and we're having our birthday party you know our friend's birthday party with them and it's just
3: we've had the busiest social life (laughs) being here than our whole (laughs) cruising yeah yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) just to let our audience know you were speaking about an island that's only 8.1 square miles
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, we, we thought, you know, what is, you know, there's going to be maybe a week or two that we can squeeze in of things to do. I mean, you know, we've got to edit, but maybe we can hike the volcano, but there's just so much more in between that. Gosh, it's just. It's been great. Yeah. It's just,
1: wow. Yeah. You guys have learned so much about navigation. I mean, you were talking about the, uh, the gap between Cuba and Haiti earlier. Uh, I mean, the Caribbean is not one of those places where the water table is the same all the way around. I know you had shallow anchorage in Bahamas, but pretty deep water one in Grenada where you had to get an extended uh, 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 anchor. uh ah. How has that experience been, just learning the, the currents that run through there? The Caribbean is not the same. you got the largest gorge uh, on the West Coast, uh, or on the East Coast, rather, right there near Grand Cayman. I mean, that's got to be like a, a navigating nightmare.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, um,
3: like you said, it's just been a learning curve. And we try to take it slow in a sense of when we do travel from island to island, we, um, they're only like day trips and we we sail conservatively so we, we um, kind of
2: have to because we don't really have any options because an all electric we yeah we don't really get to do things and also we have a very small well under our boat the keel actually pulls up so we have a very shallow draft so it uh, was okay. amazing in the bahamas because you know we're going to places that most boats can't um mostly the catamarans can get there because they're super shallow so it's definitely saved us, for sure, um, yeah. in shallower areas.
1: Yeah. Well, when, when you're ready to buy your new boat, Dave's going to buy your old one. <laughs> <Awesome>. Good luck. <laughs> no, but, Be, I advise you not to, but... <laughs> if you want to you know, learn to sail... Well, he's <laughs> only going to buy it so he can practice the name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's probably
2: one of the biggest things is that we had was because we had the electric motor, it, we were forced to learn to sail. We had no other op- option. We weren't gonna be able to go to point B if we didn't raise the sails and sail. So I think that really helped us learn. And we didn't have an autopilot. Most boats have autopilots. But then again, what do we know? Nothing. I didn't know that. Every video, every picture I've ever seen, someone's standing behind the helm, right? I thought it was normal. I, you know. The bottom of
3: Exumas, I found out. I, I knew I just didn't
4: tell.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford one. That was... Bad.
1: Uh, well, a- actually, that's a great segue into my next question. What you're doing is not for the faint of heart in terms of just what you're facing in sea conditions, but it also costs. Uh, h- how are you able to maintain yourself and be able to sustain yourself uh you know financially and i don't want to see your checking account that's not what i'm getting <laughs> at i mean yeah. but it, i mean but it, it, it costs a little
3: yeah yeah definitely uh, boat maintenance isn't cheap and then depending on what type of sailor you are like whether you like staying in marinas like to go out to eat that costs a lot of money so um us we don't do those things <laughs> because we're on a very low budget but mm-hmm. when we first set off we had a an online business, um, more in the supplements, um
2: in a keto area, <laughs> in, in the ketogenic
3: area. But as we traveled, started traveling, we just lost focus on that and focused more on the YouTube. Well, our
2: YouTube channel started growing, and you know, the income was you know way better. We are not saying to anybody, quit your day job and go out here and sail and bank right. on YouTube, making your you an income. It may happen, but for us, it took, you know, several years before it even got to a point to where we're actually being able to create a living off of it.
3: Yeah, actually, yeah. We, we can actually pay our bills now. Like yeah. in the past, we were putting a lot of things on credit card and kind of but just like We don't know how long we can make this last kind of thing. Whereas when we first had left, our online business was doing way better, mm-hmm. you know, so
2: which we always thought, you know, if for some reason you—and not that we ever banked on YouTube—we never. We were only creating the videos because it held us accountable to create the videos of our journey. So we knew that we wanted to create that. But once YouTube started growing, we also have our Patreon account, which are people who—it's a crowdfunding site—who help us along the journey, which is amazing. They are the most
4: kind, generous. The, I mean, people. Yeah. just
2: the biggest support. And uh so the, with those two, and we still do run our, our online business that has helped us carry on.
1: Yeah, I I, but, I saw I saw your Patreon account, and you're actually gonna get a little help from me later. Um oh. <laughs> Yeah, I I did I did see that, and that's actually where I was going wanting you to talk about it so I can figure out a cheap way to tell you I was gonna help you. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um uh, no no worries there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. I've watched a ton of videos, but uh, I'd rather hear from the creator's mouth.
3: Uh, it's been a learning process, just like the sailing. Um, you know, we we started off real small and not knowing anything. about. No, we did
2: know, but not know. We were wedding photographers, so we knew the photography point in standing behind a camera to take pictures. That
3: said... Video is a completely different beast. Yeah, it is. Um, so we, we kind of understand lighting and that sort. But when it comes to pictures in motion, and then <laughs> you guys know audio, right?
4: You know,
3: yeah. audio is like 50% of it. And then the video is the other 50. So just just trial and error, um, learning what we like to show. And then the filming, like how, how do you film something? And how do you tell this story, right? We're still learning.
2: We're at like 147 videos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you you got a, You got like, enough for several movies there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but we're still yeah. at that point where we're like we're still learning our our storytelling, and we want to keep getting better. And you know, we want to keep giving the story to our audience, but telling our journey. So we have this legacy behind us of look what we did. This is this is not something that a lot of people do, you know, that we, we got
1: to do this. We made it happen. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I got to ask you a, 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 it's an oddball question, but I have to ask because I also in my free time, I also work in the entertainment industry. I'm, you know, I, I write movie scripts and I used to be an actor and things like that. So I'm very familiar with that, but I'm also in the travel business. And as a travel writer and a journalist, I get to go all over the world and see all these things. And I run across stories that make great movies. As an example, there's a golf course in Jamaica, and I think it's either in Montego Bay or Ocho Rios. When they built the golf course there, they had no caddies. So they go, to King, they, they go to Kingston and get all these kids to come, and they teach them how to be caddies. But while they were learning, they were like the bad news bears. They were taking the golf cart and running all over the grass and in the sand traps and doing all the things that And I thought oh, man, this is like the Jamaican bobstead story with that with the movie with John <laughs> Candy <laughs> right. in it. And I said, I can do this. Do, do you guys see stuff like that? Say, oh, this would be a great movie on one of these islands. That, yeah. That's great. Actually.
2: I mean, our crack in the hall will probably be a decent Yeah, that, that's a story
1: yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't
3: think we've really run across like, or even paid attention. Maybe that's, our focus hasn't really been paying attention to things like that.
2: No, I think there's definitely... Sp- stories to be told. Um, even here, I mean, it's just from what it was in the 17th, 18th century to what it is now just walking around this town and looking down and finding artifacts under your feet, walking on the street. It's just crazy. I can't, I don't know. It's, that's I, a very interesting spin to it.
3: Yeah. I like that. I'll, I'll have to keep my eyes open for stuff like that now, because, you know, being, doing what we do, I tend to get tunneled tunnel vision and focusing
1: on what we're doing kind of thing you know oh that's nice nice well at that's least i nice. at least i gave you a little more creative inspiration yeah. As, yeah. as if you needed any from me uh, yeah. <laughs> well we we've kept you for an hour a little more than an hour actually mm-hmm. and uh i i want to let you get on with the rest of your lives but do us a favor when you get a, a um, go to your next port or something we'd like to have you back i mean your stories are fascinating and we only scratch the surface of what you've yeah have done and uh i i would i i'm certain our audience would love 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 to hear from you guys some more yeah,
4: really? yeah definitely great. for yeah, sure yeah, yeah do, you,
1: do you have any other social media channels that follow you that you want to tell us about so we can make sure we get those into the show
2: sure we do have an instagram which is Bo and brandy we have a facebook like page which is Bo and brandy we've got a twitter which i'm barely on but pretty much if you type in bow b-e-a-u and brandy
3: brandy with a y
2: with a y yep You'll find us pretty much, I guess, in the, we typically Instagram, Facebook, YouTube.
1: And by we, it's all Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bo and Brandy sounds like a singing group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to
0: read more about Bo and Brandy, you can visit them at their website. And uh, the website is sailingsearchia.com. Uh, or Bo and Brandy works as well. It
2: gets redirected.
0: Fantastic. And you can follow there. You can follow them on their journey of adventure, sharing amazing stories along the way. And be true. And be sure to visit us at tripcast360.com to join the conversation and discover more fantastic episodes. If you like our show and want to learn more, please join our mailing list. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of intriguing conversation on tripcast360. Michael, take us out.
1: Well, you heard it all. I have nothing else to say for Dave Cumberbatch. This is Michael Gordon Bennett. And thank you and see you next time on TripCast 360. Yeah.